one of the moments we all look forward to every week when we get to talk to our Green and Gold Insider, three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, co-host of Wilde and Tausch on ESPN Radio, Jason Wilde. Good morning, Jason Wilde. How are you doing today? Oh, that was so nice. <laughs> True. Not as much as I look forward to uh, No, I'm totally serious. And by the way, I should tell you that we are doing the show today in pads. We're fully padded yes. up today. Only happens uh, like once or twice a year. Yeah. Full contact. Full yeah. contact morning show today. All right, can you, th- that leads me to my question. When they do these padded practices, which they did, do they actually hit one another? Uh, and does the quarterback wear the red no contact jersey? Yeah, the same one that Marcus is wearing today. That's right. <laughs> I'm fragile. I know, it makes me so mad because I just want to take him down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can, I can understand that for sure. Uh, so, look, this is, I mean, they, it's interesting because it's a change. But it's not like, they're not like splitting the atom here. Mm-hmm. Like, they have gone from wearing pads on Thursday to wearing pads on Wednesday. Um, and I think it's, you know, it, it kind of gets the energy up earlier in the week is one of the things because you, you are hitting each other. You're not tackling people to the ground. But certainly the collisions are uh, more forceful, except with Aaron Jones last week who was wearing the Marcus red jersey okay. and is not wearing it this week. So he, he obviously took a step forward getting through the game the way he did. Now, um, I think the more important thing as opposed to the what day do they wear pads is that they have started doing more competitive periods in practice for those that for the uninitiated, basically what they do now at this point in the year, you have the, what they call the scout team. You have a scout team offense that goes against the number one defense. You got a scout team defense that goes against the number one offense. And those scout teams, are there to run the plays of your upcoming opponent. So the, they also call them the look team because that way the number one units can get a look at what, say, the Steelers are going to run this week. So what they have done is they're still doing that, but they have integrated into it like a more competitive third down period or two minute period where it's the starters against the starters. And to try and get more of a game-like scenario, the, 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 the plays aren't scripted. Like when they do those look team periods, it is written out, all right, first and 10, we're going to run this, and the fake Steelers defense is going to do this, and all the way down the script. When they get to competitive periods, it's like in a game where LaFleur's calling plays for the offense, Joe Barry's calling the defense, and it's not preplanned. And, and I think that that is where maybe they've gotten a little bit of a boost because young guys don't need to be – they need to be kind of thrown into situations where they're a little uncomfortable and they got to kind of do things on the fly because that's what happens on game day. Well, okay, so the Packers and the Steelers have been pretty even this year, I would say, right? Bill? Yeah, they both stink. Yeah, yeah thank you. Okay, stink. fine. So, you know, when you're playing a team that's so, like, equal to you, who stands out? Is it T.J. Watt or is it someone on our side? Yeah, first of all, in fairness, uh, there are a lot of teams that stink in the NFL this year. It's not just the Steelers and the Packers, but they're they're in this kind of middle ground malaise of teams that aren't very good and are trying to figure it out. Uh, the Steelers have been really good in fourth quarters, though, uh, and have some 
quality late wins that the Packers do not. But, you know, they've got a young quarterback too, right, and Kenny Pickett. And I think there's some similarities, even though it's not like the Rams coming in last week, which Matt LaFleur said was basically like a mirror image. So, uh, look, T.J. Watt is obviously a field-tilting player. Um, It would have been nice if the Packers scouting staff at the time had graded him higher than they did. Yeah. Uh, they evaluated him very much incorrectly, which is why they were willing to trade back in that 2017 draft, not draft him when they had the chance, and move back a few spots, collect an extra fourth-round pick that they used on T.J. Watt's teammate, Vince Beagle, and they took Kevin King, who turned out to be not a very good, uh, durable corner. So, uh, I'm always interested when they play T.J. Watt because it's hard not to think about what might have been had they drafted the local kid from Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Jason, have we been selling Joe Barry's defense short this year? I mean, under no. 20 points a game? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's been the offense that's been the problem. The defense has kept every team except one under 20 points this year. Yeah, they played a lot of crummy offenses. I mean, look, the, the Rams are so bad. Like, you hold a team to three points, right? That's really going to help your uh, average for points allowed per game. And they are. They're in the top ten, which statistically, you're, everything you said, Marcus, would be fair. But, I mean, like, uh, Atlanta benched their quarterback, right? And they're starting somebody else now. Uh, the Bears, we know what the, the Bears, congratulations to them for scoring 20 points against this dominating you know, steel curtain of a defense. <laughs> no, I, I, I think they've – look, the Rams were so bad with Brett Rippon as their quarterback last week that they cut him. Like, he went from starting a game to being unemployed. Wow. They went and signed Carson Wentz this week. So I knew they signed no, Carson I, Wentz, but I didn't know that they cut Brett Rippon. Wow. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, do I think that they have played um, – decent football? Yes, I do. Do I think they deserve credit for that, considering how critical we are of their defense? Yeah, absolutely. Are we selling them short? No, they're still... uh, Don't sell yourself short, Judge. You're a tremendous slouch. Still apply. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so on that defense, there is a guy that does stand out as heads and shoulders above the rest, and that's Jair Alexander. Although he's got a bad back, is he going to go on Sunday, as far as you know? So here's what's amazing. So after the game, he says, this is the best my back has felt. Uh, and then he turns out he injured his shoulder during the game. So now he didn't practice yesterday. Oh. Um, and, and what I liked about him is probably what also caused him to hurt his shoulder was that I thought he was really physical. Like the week before when they lost to the Vikings, it looked to me like he was a guy who was playing with a bad back. Mm-hmm. Right, he was didn't really wasn't real eager to hit people. Uh, didn't look very confident. Got beat for a touchdown. I thought he played. I mean, they gave him a game ball after the game, after they beat the Rams. And now he's got another issue. And and remember, he had a really serious shoulder injury a couple of years ago. Um, and I I think it changed his willingness to be a physical player. So he is look when he is healthy and rolling. He is special. But again, this is one of the reasons why I was so critical of them trading Rasul Douglas and not even getting a full-fledged draft 
pick back because they had to trade a fifth-round pick along with Rasul Douglas to get that third-round pick. Now, and and you don't know, right? I didn't know it was going to be a shoulder when he showed up on the injury report yesterday. I just knew he didn't practice. But he's obviously dealing with stuff. So now they're they're in a position where if he's not able to go, they're going to be – and I know the Steelers' offense stinks, and Joe Barry's defense is awesome, (laughs) but they're in a position to start Corey Ballantyne and Carrington Valentine as their two corners, who I swear are the two old guys in that old Eddie Murphy movie, Trading Places. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so three starting Sunday, three games in essentially 11 days. What kind of schedule does Matt LaFleur put together for something like that? Yeah, obviously they already had one uh, Thursday night game, and now they've got obviously Thanksgiving coming up here in in less than two or two weeks from today. I suppose. Right. Huh? Yeah. Right. Um, I, look, I I think this is a a big challenge for a young team. These are all these things that these guys don't have experience dealing with, and so you know, I had somebody ask me if Lafleur was on the hot seat the other day, and I, I'm like, I just don't see. I, I don't see that. Like they had to know how challenging this would be. And this is another challenge is how do you get a team? There's actually two challenges. There's one of, Hey, you finally won a game. How do you handle that success? And as young players, that's, that's a concern. And then obviously the schedule, you know, these guys need all the work they can get. They, I did a story on Monday about how he didn't give them a victory Monday. And I, I talked to a couple of veteran players, that, not that there's a lot on the team, who were like, yeah, we shouldn't have one. These young guys, they need, the, they need the, the corrections. I mean, we won the game, but there's a lot to fix. So they're going to have to – it's going to be a challenge. I'm glad you asked this, Dave, because I do think that kind of a schedule is a challenge for any team, but especially for a young team that hasn't learned how to handle the rhythms of an NFL season. Jason, we don't have anyone named Kelsey in our locker room. We don't have a Patrick Dempsey. But if the Packers were asked to nominate who their sexiest man is, mm-hmm. who would it be? Matt LaFleur. <laughs> I knew she was going to say Matt LaFleur. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, it, is, it is interesting. Did you, guys, did you guys see any of Monday Night Football with the Jets? I did not, no. So, so they showed, apparently Robert Sala has grown a beard. And, and I found myself wondering if he colors it because it was a very, it was very dark mm-hmm. and he's obviously bald. So you can't compare it to whether or not he's graying up top. But uh, Troy Aikman made a joke about how the way the Jets were playing, that spirit is going to be gray by the end of the game. I am certain that as handsome and, and, and you're not wrong, Doreen, he's a good looking fella. Um, but as handsome as Matt LaFleur is, I am convinced he is, way grayer than he was last season. Like, I, I think there's more gray in his beard. I think there's more gray in, like, at, in his temples area. I don't know if he's using just for men or not <laughs> to try and reduce that. But if you, you know, at the rate he's going, he's going to be, you know, eligible for that Golden Bachelor show. <laughs> which he, he's, he's, he's happily married. I'm not saying he's going to be available. But sorry, everyone. But I, I he I think he I think this season is aging him, and you're starting to see a little bit of gray uh, come through because of it. All right, and lastly, I want to ask you about the philosophy of the Packers front office. 
going back to Mark Murphy talking about the silos and there's not going to be any silos anymore and they're going to communicate with each other. And you referenced Rasul Douglas. I can't imagine that Goody makes that move with the full endorsement of Matt LaFleur since coaches want to win no. now. They want to win yeah. now. So are no the way. silos back up? But not only that, I think they're bigger than ever. All right. Like, this is so – like, and, and this is why Mark Murphy doesn't really like to talk to me is because I kind of went after him in a press conference about all this and why are you qualified to hire the coach and all this other stuff. But it does it, – it, like, what makes no sense about this is that there's no real clear hierarchy or power structure. And the idea of all, all these – the three guys on the same line, Russ Ball, Goody, and LaFleur all reporting to Murphy, who's not the owner. It's not like it's his – billion dollars that's paying for everything, right? Mm -hmm. So the problem with this is that you have created a scenario where I believe there's almost, I don't want to say adversarial because it's a little strong, but the personnel staff thinks, hey, we drafted all these great young guys and these coaches aren't doing enough to get them to be successful faster. And the coaches are sitting there going, you gave us all these young guys. It's really freaking hard to teach young guys how to play in this league, and it's a long process. Mm. And I think that creates, you know, friction or whatever. And so, I, I, yeah, the silos, the silos are still the silos. And if anything, they're much larger and much taller and much harder to access. Okay, so who wins on Sunday then? Uh, I never go against. Pittsburgh and the good people of Pittsburgh. <laughs> they proved such wonderful human beings. Okay. I only lived uh, there for I, the first 18 years of my life. So <laughs> I, I, I know that I disparage them once upon a time on this show for being <laughs> and my cousin and my cousin and Danny shoes fanzo immediately sent me an email. <laughs> who is, um, I want to know who this guy is. This on your show talking a bad stuff about the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, so I've got my terrible towel, and I'm ready for Sunday. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, Jason, thank you for the insight. We always appreciate it. We'll talk to you on Monday. All right, sounds good, everybody. Take care. Be good. You too. Jason Wilde, our Green and Gold Insider, co-host of Wilde and Tausch on ESPN Radio, and brought to you by Mr. Holland's Home Services. Call 866-992-1717 or mrhollandshomeservices.com. That's a true story, by the way. <laughs>